Oh, you shame, shame, Elon. Not even shame, shame, but I like what the Eve Six guy said about him. He's like, he is the most pathetically divorced man in the history of the world. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yes, we get it, Elon. You're single now. And and I should clarify that there is no shame in sex. There's no shame in sex. Just more like it's just funny. Yeah. Um, in a grade school sort of way that the wealthiest person on the planet... A grown adult. A grown adult, wealthiest person on the planet whose singular teats, teats, tweets can rise and fall the stock market is tweeting out Texas Institute of Technology and Science because that's just funny in a 1980s meatballs movie kind of way. So without further ado, (laughs) let's go into this uh, childish uh, break about toilets being broken. On spaceships. Space, the final frontier. And there are still issues with the toilet on SpaceX's Dragon capsule. Good morning. It's the early show with Karis and Jeremy. It's 6.30 Space toilets break too, Jeremy. This is a thing. And we were talking about this last week that the Elon Musk's uh, SpaceX, the Dragon capsule that he went up into space, you know, there are astronauts up there right now. And they discovered that there is a leaky pipe on the toilet. And this means that... The, the urine is, you know, with zero gravity, it's like going all over the place. <laughs> and this is, this is a problem. And so the newest development here is that crew is going to have to wear, quote, undergarments to get back to Earth. Space depends. Yes. <laughs> Space depends. Because they can't use the toilet while they're on the International Space Station. They're fine. But then once they get back into the capsule to come home, then they need to put on their space diapers to be able to make the return trip home. So it's not like a boat. You know, when I'm out fishing, I can't just be like, just hang it off the edge. You can't just open a window in the capsule and just pee into space. No, (laughs) doesn't work like that. Tesla's worth a trillion dollars. A trillion dollars. Yes. You have to wear diapers. Yes. When you're riding the Tesla rocket home. (laughs) Come on, Elon. Uh, the world is reacting to the news that to Chris Pratt, the worst Chris, uh, signed on to voice Garfield, icon of cats. I don't know what I think about that. I, I, well, I know what I think about well, that. Not highly. Yeah. Star-Lord, come on. <laughs> it kind of feels like anything that Chris Pratt does now, the internet gets a little bit upset about. Hollywood should know better. They got case study. Remember when he got signed on to do Mario and the internet imploded? That happened, what, like a month ago or in the summer? I can't remember. I'm sure I was outraged. Um, you probably were I, with I was, everybody I was else. so fired up. And so you know better, do better. And then Hollywood's like, oh, you know what? Maybe it's like you want the negative reaction. Maybe. Like you know it's going to get people fired up. That's exactly it. You you say this, you put this information out there, and then there's a lot of talk about it. There's literally 200 Chris's in Hollywood. If you smack a tree on Rodeo Drive, a Chris falls out. Yes. You could hire any of them to voice Garfield. And then you choose the worst of them. It seems bizarre to me, other than you get... Idiot DJs fired up in Vancouver and probably around the world. Now, here's the thing. Garfield was voiced by icon Bill Murray. Yes. In like multiple films. Oh, did he do more than one? I think there was two. I don't know. The Mm. point is, there was a time 
where Garfield went to the big screen and they needed a voice to be the Garfield we know and love. Like someone who could really just bite into I Hate Mondays. Someone who's like, oh, I love lasagna. And it was Bill Murray and it was beloved and we all love Bill Murray and it doesn't matter. Bill Murray can do anything. Bill Murray could voice any character and we will love it. And here he is talking to a mouse and he's like makes eating a mouse sound fun and delightful. Sorry, Garfield, man. I couldn't help it. Look, when he sees you, he expects more from me. Don't you get that? John's got those macadamia nut cookies I'm trying to maintain. You understand? Sure. As long as you understand, I have to eat you. Aww. The mouse is like, oh, all right, because of Bill Murray. <laughs> Uh, we got a text from Mike saying, Bill Murray has nothing nice to say about voice in Garfield. Doesn't matter. Put him back in. <laughs> Suit him up. There was some challenges. Okay, I did read that as well. It's Karis and Jeremy on 1027 The Peak. New order on 1027 The Peak. Hey, it's the early show with Karis and Jeremy. 821 and the dryness is going to last until this afternoon, it looks like. Environment Canada is saying periods of rain. Uh, not showers, but periods of rain today beginning this afternoon. And then we got chance of showers Wednesday, rain on Thursday. We've got a whole selection of types of rain that's coming up, and it all starts later today. It all starts now. <laughs> Getting hype. I um, mean, constantly battling with dinner uh, is just is just an always thing, right? It, it begins before you have kids with the text message um, yo-yo chain. It's like, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. What do you want for dinner? Time's infinity with your partner. Then you have kids. doesn't matter what you choose for dinner. They're not going to eat it. One dad on the internet um, came up with, I believe, an ingenious method, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a little scorched earth. Maybe it's a little too extreme for you. He went on dinner strike. He was like, I ain't cooking dinner anymore for you kids. I'm going to buy food. There's the kitchen. Lord of the Fly style, sort yourself out. The kids were like, what? What? Uh, he said for about two weeks, it was sandwiches and cereal. So he made dinner for himself and he made his dinner partner. Just for him and his partner. He was like, I ain't making dinner for you kids. And, was, then, and then the kids had to just fend for themselves. Sort yourself out. And watch the parents eat their... If they cared or didn't care. Yeah, exactly. Eat, eat the actual meal yeah. that was made. He's like, I ain't cooking you guys dinner. I'm not cooking. He has uh, four kids, kind of like tween teenage. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of in that like mm-hmm. maybe... 10 to 16, I think, were his kids. Um, and he's just like, I ain't doing it anymore. There he is, food. You have no shortage of nutritious, healthy things to eat, but you got to sort it out yourself. He said for about two weeks, it was cereal and, and sandwiches every day. But he said a curious thing happened after about two weeks. They started asking what mom and dad were having for dinner. Oh. They were like, mm, that smells good, dad. Can I have some? <laughs> dad said, no. I only cooked it up for me and your mother. But tomorrow, I'll be happy to make you something. Would you like me to make you dinner tomorrow? The kids didn't even ask what it was. They just said, yep. Oh, yeah. Whoa. What? That's when you slide in a curried tuna. That's when you slide in something or like whatever the thing is. That's the thing at our house that that the adults like to eat. And the kids are like, what is this? And it's like, fair enough. It looks lumpy and strange. I get it. It's not kid food. But that's when you like... Throw in something with like a million flavors and a million textures, and then see because then they're then they're craving it. And they're like, you know what? I'll try anything. Like maybe that's the time to introduce them to the holy grail of all challenging foods for children. <laughs> Be a curried tuna. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's what it is in our <laughs> house, but maybe it's something different for you. God, I was thinking fajitas, but yeah, okay. Let's <laughs> let's go from sandwiches and cereal to curried tuna. Let's do it. 
without further ado, we would like to welcome to our program. This is Van Color podcast host. Vancouver is awesome. Opinionist. Hashtag Mo for mayor, who is full of bold boldness. Mo Talica! Our favorite political pundit, Mo Amir. Now, I have to address the, the elephants in the room. That whole mayor thing, that is a vicious rumor about me started by me, just so you know. <laughs> uh, it would be a lie if uh, we didn't say our boss kicked down the door Monday morning, wondering if you were running for mayor and if that would be very problematic because you were advocating for more green spaces to park cars. <laughs> you know, if enough people get behind this movement of bold Vancouver, then I'm just going to have to do the damn thing. Yeah, I mean, if you have to take the six-figure salary, you will do that for us, the people. <laughs> for yeah, you, you, for the people. Exactly. You will fall on that sword for us, Mo, and we really appreciate that. Of course. Uh, so, Mo, today we would like to talk about your opinion piece in Vancouver is Awesome recently. Why is dancing still banned in our province? Why are we living the footloose nightmare? <laughs> that analogy is too easy. I agree. And, yeah. and it's a good question, though. Like, we've seen... COVID-19 restrictions on indoor capacities lifted, and that's why we have full arenas for uh, concerts and sports, and we're seeing gym classes and fitness classes return to normal, restaurants at full capacity, uh, but dancing is technically still banned in nightclubs and weddings and basically any indoor gathering unless it's a uh, dance class or like, you know, your living room with a small bubble. And actually, dancing is also banned in outdoor gatherings. I checked this fact as well. And there's two reasons for it. When looking at dancing in gatherings, the government is not looking at like quaint little weddings. It's thinking about like the grimiest, most dry, humpy dance floor on Granville <laughs> Street. So think sweating, shouting, heavy breathing, and of course, canoodling. And the government has to be really flexible in making rules, but also they have to make them really easy to understand. So the trade-off is, and we've had this the whole time, is that we get big blanket rules just to draw a line. And I agree, it's not entirely fair, but it's just so much more practical and effective than creating like a codified, granular list of rules for every possible social gathering where you go, oh, can I have a dance floor with 30 people? Well, what if the event has 50 people, but 20 people don't dance? Is that okay? Like, yeah, and then and what if what if I do like the straight arm dancing, touching, <laughs> like where we have like an arm's length between oh, us. Or a balloon between you. Right, yes. exactly. Or like, yeah, at the high school dance where there's a balloon between you, you and your partner. You get it. Is someone going to, you know, measure the distance between you and who you're dancing with? Like it just gets way too complicated. And so banning it outright just makes it easy and makes sense. And, and one thing I want to point out and that we have to remember is we've kind of been doing this the whole time in the sense that we've established layers of protection to help reduce COVID-19 transmission, which helps reduce hospitalizations so that we don't overwhelm our healthcare system. Well, at the same time, BC has really tried to keep, you know, a functional society as much as possible. So while vaccines are like probably the biggest layer of protection, we continue to add other layers of protection like masks. The mask mandate is still around the vaccine pass and restrictions like no dancing. That's just like another layer in order to reduce the chances of transmission COVID-19 while still trying to live a normal before time life as much as possible. So when, Mo, do you think we might be able to expect that this layer of protection, this no dancing will be lifted? <laughs> when? When will we be able to dance? 
I have no idea. I mean, I, I wonder if it's going to be based on caseload or hospitalizations. Obviously, that's the next step. There are a couple of other things, like saunas are still technically banned, or at least public saunas. So there are a few things that, you know, where we are still restricted. There are still restrictions on certain uh, outdoor gatherings as well. So I, I don't know. I mean, that's going to be up to the experts in the government, and I think we should put faith in them, and they're doing their best. Things change every day, right? Yeah, that's true. So just no sweaty saunas and no sweaty dancing for the foreseeable future that's so just i still it. have to put up with people doing their false equivalency posts on twitter like no dancing but there's a dancing contest at the canucks game this entire province is a shit show kill dr body henry all right dude yes, we'll dial it down a scotch <laughs> we'll still have that for uh for the foreseeable future i say yeah probably dr. body henry had a moscow mule she hates people oh my god <laughs> Not my favorite cocktail, but leave her alone. Thank you so much, Mo. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. The Early Show, later with Karis and Jeremy. I will say the uh, container ship, I don't want to talk about it in the podcast, but it's become our new Stanley Park Coyotes. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's just a never-ending saga. Yeah, exactly. The never-ending saga of the container ship, which I think is good because it's like the, you know, it's like good local storylines. And the environment. And the, yeah. And international shipping, a passion of ours. Yes, exactly. It's all Don't come forget together. our magnetic... <laughs> Our magnetic draw towards these types of topics. We can't not do them. (laughs) Anyway, they didn't make the podcast today, but you guys, look out. Man, Container Talk's going to show up on the podcast one of these days, and you're going to be like, what have we been missing out on? you got to listen to the live show if you want the good stuff. Listen to the live program, 6 to 10 a.m. Monday to Friday on 102.7 FM, the peak in Vancouver. You can Listen old style on the radio frequencies, or you can punch it up digitally at thepeak.fm if you'd like. If you'd like. All right, I guess that'll do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for being part of the uh, program. And uh, you can always hit us on Twitter. It's at Karis Hogg if you want to get a hold of Karis. C-H-A-R-I-S. H-O-G-G. Yes. I just started riffing about Karis, and I was like, well, if we had some more letters, we could get like to Charisma, couldn't we? Uh, oh yeah, totally. Karis is the first part of charisma. Okay, it's, just miss, it's just missing an M and an A. Oh, that's it. Okay, good. I was yeah. like, I was trying to do the math in my brain, but I'm slow. <laughs> so I was like, I think we're pretty close to charisma. We are, which is short two letters. I'm Karis I'm Hogg. Karis Hogg. And you can get me on Twitter. I'm Jeremy underscore Baker, and uh, get them chips. Yeah, you, those yeah, chips those are yours. Chips. You tweeted us about the listening to the podcast and wanting those chips, and we will get you some chips. We'll find you chips. All right, <laughs> while supplies last. So one day this will go viral. So I'll be like, well, if you, t- if you tweet this handle, you'll get chips. And then it goes viral for some reason. And then all of a sudden it's like, and we, then oh, like, I can't buy a million chips. Yeah, we can't buy that many chips. We'll be broke. We'll be broke. But we'll get, you know, some chips for some people. <laughs> yeah, we, pro- we promise you that. All right, guys, let's do this again tomorrow. Bye-bye. See ya. Nothing can kill the grimace. All right, we're done here.